0: Howdy, howdy. Welcome back to Adorned Podcast. This is episode 124, and we're continuing our series of Story of Scripture, and today we get to talk about kings and
1: prophets. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word, whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible.
0: So we're about halfway through this series. Yeah. Um, and Casey and I were both saying that this episode was really challenging, but hopefully going to be really encouraging and enlightening and help you connect a bunch of dots that we had no idea were even connected. In exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I thought maybe we could just start before we read our paragraph summarizing this, um, part of scripture and just kind of remind us why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. What's the point of this? We're about halfway through now. And I found, um, Actually, it was quite cool, God's timing, TGC, they reshared um one of their essays today that was about the story of Scripture, and so there was this intro paragraph that I thought was really helpful, so I'm just going to read straight from it. It says, the Bible, despite being written by multiple authors and addressing various subjects, is one grand story whose central message is about what our triune creator, covenant God planned in eternity executed in time Mm. to glorify himself by the redemption of his people, the judgment of sin, and making all things new in Christ Jesus.
1: Well, there you go. Why are we even doing this? (laughs)
0: And that's the end. TGC has it. (laughs) But I thought that was a really good good just reminder for us because sometimes we get into the details, and then we'll get into a little bit of the details today. And Mm -hmm. I feel like in the last week's episode, there's so many different people and different things and different places going on. But to kind of take a step back and take a breath and say, This is all about what our creator, our Mm -hmm. triune creator, covenant-making God um, has revealed about himself and his story for us to know him and to know Christ Mm -hmm. who we are redeemed through the blood of Jesus and um, just kind of reset our lens and and remember the main things. Yes,
1: that's such a good reminder because it is. It's easy to get swept up in the little details. So Mm -hmm. remembering the big picture is always really good. So tell us a little bit about our paragraph for this week. Tell us, read us our paragraph for this week. Yes. Yes, I would like you to read it.
0: (laughs) So we call this one, God promises the true and everlasting King is coming. And this is the Kings and the prophets. So Ruth ends with showing us the next three generations, Obed, Jesse and David. But we actually pick up with in first Samuel with Eli who trains up Samuel as a judge. As Samuel ages, the Israelites demand a king so they can be like all the other nations. God tells Samuel to give them a king, but to warn them, God shows Samuel that Saul is to be the first king. Even though he was chosen by God, Saul is not a faithful leader. He becomes proud and disobedient. Therefore, God rejects him as king and God chooses David, the son of Jesse, to be the next king. God reminds his people that it's not outward appearance, but the heart that matters to him. David trusts the Lord and defeats Goliath, but Saul is envious of David and tries to kill him. This is when many of the Psalms were written. God makes covenant with David, and he is a good king, but often chooses his own ways instead of God's and chooses to sin. His son Solomon is also a good king and builds the temple, but he also chooses his own ways many times. These kings show us that we need a true and better king. During the reign of these, as well as future kings, God sends prophets such as Isaiah and Jeremiah to remind the people to turn from their sin and trust that a true and better king is coming. God is faithful and will keep his promises.
1: So like Aaron said, this might be the most challenging episode that I've ever prepared for. I don't know if you felt that way at all, but it was like it was very challenging mm-hmm. because it covers so much scripture mm-hmm. so many details there are so many like um different places mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about just just the ins and outs of it all and then also confession time i haven't even read all of these books mm-hmm. all the way through all the prophets and everything and so i really struggled at the beginning of prepping this like feeling very unworthy which mm-hmm. um i mean you always feel a little bit of right because this is god's holy scripture yeah. so yeah. it's always like it's always a big task to teach it. But this specific portion just seemed really, really big mm-hmm. and daunting and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But the Lord's been so faithful over the past few weeks to like, um, show me mm-hmm. what's important and show me kind of, um, like the highlights, Uh, it's all important. But like, like you were saying, keeping the big picture in Mm -hmm. mind, he's, he's given me, um, different ways to kind of understand what happened Mm -hmm. and put different resources in front of me. Like Aaron was saying, you know, God's timing is so cool with different, um, like the TGC essays and stuff like that. And so actually it was the most challenging, but I think in the end it's been one of my favorites because I feel like I've learned Mm -hmm the most in this yeah. episode. And I've been able to put some of these stories that I've known my whole life into better context. Mm-hmm. And it's giving it giving it a deeper and richer meaning, like we've said from the beginning um, about knowing context. And so anyway, that's just a little bit of my thoughts about this like mm-hmm. section of scripture yeah. before we really jump into what we're going to be teaching today. Yeah. And we mentioned this
0: last time with the um, judges episode that because it is so much and so many people, we can't go into each different prophet. And so we're going to try and go more big picture. We'll talk specifically about um, some key players like David and Solomon and and things like that. But when, especially when it comes to the prophets, there's so many um, that we we're kind of drawing major themes Mm -hmm, that we mm -hmm. see through all the prophets and how they point to Jesus. So that's going to be kind of more of our focus so if you're like, I really want to know everything about Obadiah, we're going to fail you today.
1: Yeah, we're saying nothing about Obadiah.
0: <laughs> well, what I just said, that's how we're covering Obadiah. But Obadiah yeah. fits in the bigger picture right. of what we right. will say yes. about the prophets. Yes. So if you're like, I really want to know about more about prophets, there's a lot of um, real short prophets that you can, can mm-hmm. read through. And we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk more about that when yep. we get there. But yep. we do always encourage you. Even though we may not go into specific things, this is a launching pad for you to sit in the scripture
1: within what we're... Well, and my hope is by the end of this episode, you feel less overwhelmed. Like you take me feeling overwhelmed over the past few weeks and the fact that I'm no longer overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I hope I can get you to that point in this 30 minutes today of being like, oh... Okay, this is where we start. Like Aaron I can said, pick a launch and pad. read, Habakkuk exactly. and Kind of understand where exactly. I'm at. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Totally. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Let's go. So where do we start?
0: Who so, do we start off with? Like we said, we start with Samuel, who um, is still technically a judge, but it's in. It's pushing us towards the king. So we start with Samuel. He was a good judge. The people are, you know have echoes of kind of tower of Babel feeling of, Hey, we want to make a name for ourselves. We want to mm-hmm. be like the other nations. Um, and so, I read this in a commentary and it said the problem wasn't that they wanted a king. The problem was that they wanted a king instead of God. Right. So right. instead of God, not a king under God. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so that's, that's them rejecting God's rule and mm-hmm. saying, you're not enough for us. Um, and so that was the very thing that made them unique was that they were God's nation. Like we, like we talked about, mm-hmm. they were God's people. And so the fact that they're saying, well, that's not enough for us is, is, they're taking away, they're their wanting something other than what God has specially set them apart for. Right. So right. we already know this is not a good this start. This is not a good start.
1: <laughs> and we didn't say it, but we're picking up um, in first Samuel. And then this section is going to cover pretty much the rest of the old Testament, except for wisdom literature. So yes. that's where we are. The yes. rest of the Old Testament, except for wisdom literature. Yeah. So what <laughs> happens when they say, okay, we want, we want a king. Mm-hmm. God gives that to him. Mm-hmm. And Saul seems,
0: it seems like from the beginning, you know, it's funny. They always comment on like appearance, right? So he's like, he was a handsome man. Yeah. He was <laughs> strong and like a head above everyone else and all these things. I don't know if it really says a head above everyone else, but it talks about how like there was. It looked like it was going to be good. Uh-huh, it looked yeah. like there was, it was going to go well, but we see pretty quickly that, that, that doesn't it happen. He becomes proud mm-hmm. and arrogant and, um, envious and self-right, like self too am selfish selfish. That's the word. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he's just not a good King. I feel Mm -hmm. like that's
1: the easiest way to summarize that. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, so then we have David Mm -hmm. who was Jesse's son. Mm -hmm. Jesse was the son of Obed. That's Mm -hmm. where we ended last week Mm -hmm. with Ruth. Yeah. So that's kind of cool to see. Yeah. And David, David was a cool guy, huh? He, um, wasn't a likely king Mm -hmm. and they were actually looking at all of his other brothers Mm -hmm. saying, Oh, maybe him, maybe him, maybe him. And Samuel's like, well, don't you have one other son? Mm -hmm. And, um, he was out in the field with the sheep and he's the one that the Lord chose to anoint
0: yeah, as king. David is just a really great, um, a great story to Mm -hmm. study because there's a lot of kind of like Joseph, there's a lot of, um, pointing to Christ and a lot of, um, examples of, Christ likeness. He also has a lot of flaws. Let's be real. Oh, yeah. But, um, it's hard as we are preparing for this, like what kind of, what do I we, know, what do we I highlight know. about David? Cause you could spend more than a whole episode mm-hmm. just on David himself. But for the sake of today, we see that David, um, scripture says was a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. And there's differing beliefs on how that's translated and what exactly that means. But the point is he's different than Saul, right? He's not going to, he's not a King like Saul. Mm-hmm. He's a King that's wanting to be a ruler under God's authority Mm -hmm. and does that well, but also fails miserably. And this is a
1: reminder to us that God looks at the heart, Mm -hmm. not at outer appearances. He looks at the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and David in his, um, reign he chooses Jerusalem as the mm-hmm. capital city so that's going to be um, important it's still important today mm-hmm. it's going to be important as we read the rest of the Old Testament mm-hmm. so yeah in that in that
0: little Nancy Guthrie book that I've referenced before she made a really cool connection to Christ she said that we see David anointed three times mm-hmm. as King and then we see a, a similar idea with Christ we see um, with Mary before uh-huh. he's born then we see the baptism, baptism. and then we see See um, when he ascends up, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So it's this. There's there's so many cool little ties that as you start to sit in Scripture mm-hmm. and really um, see the whole story as one story, you, the Lord will just reveal to you these beautiful little like nuggets yeah. that you're like,
1: wow, I've never noticed that. That's yeah. what, that's really neat. Yeah, yeah, so cool. So with David, we see another promise being made, Mm -hmm, right? We see the mm -hmm. Davidic covenant, Mm -hmm. um, where God is reiterating his covenant with Abraham. And we see that, uh, we see this covenant in second Samuel Mm seven, if you want to look it up. Um, and, uh, he's also prophesying an even greater and truer King. And this is what, there's a gospel coalition essay on covenants that's really, really cool and um, informative. And this is what it said about the Davidic covenant. The Davidic covenant thus identifies more precisely the promised seed who will mediate international blessing. He will be a Royal descendant of Abraham through David. And so that is um, just kind of telling us part of the point of the Davidic covenant, this promised seed, which once again, like Aaron was saying, that's pointing directly to, to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. And I think just there's so
0: many beautiful truths that covenants point us to. But as as we've talked about before, like this is God's story. We want to see God's truth. And so this Mm -hmm. just reveals to us again that that amazing truth that we talked about in the Abrahamic covenant that this is God obligating himself to his people Mm. and not out of need. Like he did this because he loves us and he wants to redeem us. And he's reminding them, like, I am going to provide a Messiah. Mm. I am going to provide the perfect and true King. And it's not going to be your actual son, Solomon, which we'll see in a moment because he's going to fail as Mm -hmm. well. But it's pointing us to Jesus. And I was thinking about this, like he could have just made the covenant with Abraham. And then like, he would you know, fulfill that covenant later. Uh huh. But instead, he continues to make these covenants. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he's like, Hey, remember, mm-hmm. remember, I am faithful. Mm-hmm. Remember, I am good. Rem- look, look how far I've already taken you mm-hmm. and how I've already fulfilled these certain truths. Like we talked about with the Abrahamic covenant, and then we see the with Moses. Yep. He did. He, you know, he, he, numer- he mm-hmm. numerized them, <laughs> he multiplied <Multiply>. them, <laughs> he made them numerous. And so yes. he, he's <laughs> able to say, Look how I've been faithful. Mm-hmm. Remember that faithfulness, rest in that
1: faithfulness as I carry you until the next step Mm -hmm. in the next covenant that I'm going to fulfill. That's one of the things I noticed too Mm -hmm. in studying these like bam, 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 right beside each other and in line with the story of scripture. I was like, these covenants are all the same. Mm -hmm. It's God, you know, reminding Mm -hmm. his people it's, it's not necessarily anything new. It's just him saying, I will do this. I will do this because like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, like, we forget. Yeah. Like we're forgetful people. That's part of our, our sin nature. Mm-hmm. And so he's reminding us, look what I've done. Look what I'll do. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Love that. Okay. Next, next, next person. Solomon. In so David has a son, Solomon. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of um, a cool thing because Solomon is actually the son of Bathsheba mm-hmm. as well. And if you know the story of David and Bathsheba, uh, Bathsheba was married to another man and David saw her and, Took her as his own and. Echoes of the garden. Ended up, yeah, and ended up killing. her husband in the process and their first baby um, did not live, Mm -hmm. but they also had Solomon and he's the one that will carry on this line that will become King. And so you see once again, God's grace, kindness and redemption through this, because Mm -hmm. this is a situation that did not start out so great, Mm -hmm. but God can redeem all things. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I love it when we see those things in scripture, like with what we saw with Rahab and Mm -hmm. um, you just see it over and over how God uses broken people in mm-hmm. broken situations for, for our good and for his glory. Mm-hmm. Um, so Solomon builds the temple in Jerusalem. And then he is also the one that writes Proverbs, Song of Solomon, and Ecclesiastes. And I love the story of Solomon because he asked God for wisdom mm-hmm. and God's like, sure, I'll give you wisdom, you know, you're not asking for, and I mean, it even says in the Bible, like you didn't ask for, um, like riches or or, yeah. And like, um, to live forever or anything like that. Like you want discernment and wisdom to be a good leader. And so God gives him that wisdom, Mm -hmm. but he still falls into sin and he takes multiple wives mm -hmm. and yeah he still chooses his own way mm-hmm. like like we've seen so many times before like we've seen pretty much in every story exactly exactly <laughs> so so
0: how are we kind of we're into kings now right and these are i guess you could say these are kind of like the the two big kings mm-hmm. like as far as like, like how david sh- and solomon scripture, yeah, yeah is covered with them so this is where i feel like it gets really muddy for a lot of people Speaking for myself, it gets a little muddy here how it's like okay, we learned about David, we learned about Solomon, and then I don't understand really. And then is it like now Jesus comes? Like yeah. yeah like totally. what what kind of <laughs> where where do we kind of go from here, right? We see Solomon chooses his own way. We see um and then I feel like most people are maybe familiar if you've grown up in the church with pretty much most of what we've talked about right. until this mm-hmm. point. until this point. Yep. And then it's like, wow, there's still like almost half of my it's Bible like, till we get to all Jesus. The, all these
1: things happen in the Jesus.
0: Yeah. So let's let's kind of let's try and kind yeah. of break that down. How so, do we
1: go from Solomon to what's next? Okay. So like Aaron said, this this part's always been super super confusing to me too, and it still is. Like I'm still learning, um, but I've spent you know, the last little bit really sitting in this. So let's see if we can make it a little bit easier Mm -hmm. to to understand because context really is so important. Mm -hmm. So, um, Solomon's son, Rehoboam, um, becomes king and, he's 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 not good. <laughs> and so because of that the kingdom ends up splitting. Mm-hmm. And so you have in the north um what they'll end up calling Israel and it's 10 tribes. So it's all the tribes except for Judah and Levi. Judah and Levi stay in the south and that part is now called Judah. And um Levi the tribe of Levi stays there because if Um, We haven't mentioned this at all, but throughout the Old Testament so far, like Levi, the tribe of Levi has been the one to like um, the priest, the priest, Mm -hmm. like do all the priestly stuff. So they stay there because of the temple. Mm -hmm. Um, So the northern tribe, Israel struggled big time. Like they had big problems. They had um, kings from various families and even um, like foreign families, Mm -hmm. not not Jewish families. Um, And they turned to idolatry pretty quickly. And in 722 BC, they fell to the Assyrians. And so those that weren't captured by the Assyrians were killed. And Mm -hmm. so the Jews at this time were just kind of like scattered to the wind. I read, you know, different Mm -hmm. places. Um, Judah lasted a little bit longer. They lasted until 586. And they had good kings and bad kings, um, kind of like we've seen so far. But they're all within the same family. They're Mm -hmm. all within that, that same line. Um, but ultimately fell to the Babylonians in 586. And at that point, the Hebrews were taken as slaves again, similar to what we see when Mm -hmm. they were taken as slaves in Egypt. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's a little breakdown of, like, what happens with the two different kingdoms. That's always been, like, super confusing. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that's just a very, like, simple way. That's not going into details about the kings. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, we kind of continue to see the same pattern of good kings, bad kings. Yeah, kind
0: of like the judges, right? Yes, They, they exactly. get blessed, then yes. they rebel, and then yeah. they want
1: God to redeem mm-hmm. them, and then they
0: get a good king, mm-hmm. and it's this kind of, like, cyclical...
1: And we're seeing this constant falling into idolatry. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of their big... They're big sin, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're just constantly falling into idolatry and there are consequences for that. Like there's judgment for that because Mm -hmm. God is very, very, very clear Mm -hmm. that idolatry is not okay, that he is the one true God. Yeah. And so every time they turn to idolatry, you just, you see things fall apart.
0: Yeah. So during
1: this time of the the split kings, is this where we see the prophets? Yes. Some of the prophets. Mm-hmm. So during this time, you have prophets in the northern kingdom, you have prophets in the southern kingdom, and this is where you really, really, really want to print out the timeline. Yeah. Uh. If you haven't yet, um, even if you just print out this one page so you can see, because this is going to help um, visually understand it. We, we broke it down on the timeline as best as we could. It's mm-hmm. still a little confusing. Um, but yes, you have prophets in the northern, and you have prophets in the south. And then later we're going to have other prophets that we talk about. For instance, Jonah, like, you know, the story of Jonah, right? Mm -hmm. Jonah and the whale. He was a northern prophet. And then like Daniel, you know, the story of Daniel, Mm -hmm. he was a southern prophet. That's one of the reasons I've enjoyed studying this is because these stories like Jonah and Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Mm -hmm. they were in Dan, they were with Daniel. They were Mm -hmm. friends with Daniel in Babylonia Mm -hmm. um, by that time. Knowing like where they fit in, yeah. understanding that they are prophets. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were just other characters in the Bible, yeah. you know, understanding that they were prophets and that they um kind of what their purpose was mm-hmm. as prophets. Like it's just really it's really helped me put that into context. Yeah. But speaking of prophets, can you tell us a little bit about what the prophets jobs were? So we we know mm-hmm. we have these prophets for the northern kingdom, prophets for the southern kingdom, mm-hmm. like why were they there? Why did God send them? So let's talk. Let's talk about it like as a whole, right? That's what you're asking. Right? Like yes. their, whole, their whole. Yes. Exactly. Okay.
0: So basically, their their whole role is to remind the people of God's faithfulness, to call them to repentance, mm-hmm. and to and to point them to God's coming King. Right. You feel like that's fair? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I think when we're thinking about the prophets, just so we know exactly what we're talking about, there's 15 books. Mm-hmm covered in the prophets um they're they're split into major and minor you may have heard that before and it's not like these are majorly important and these are minorly important which is what i
1: thought for the longest time Uh uh-huh but it's really
0: just based off size length length of length yeah yeah. um but i read something that said or heard something that said like but it could remind us of the fact that there were three patriarchs and 12 sons of jacob and i was like that's kind of fun (laughs) um but these 15 books that we're talking about when we talk about prophets is actually longer than the entire new testament yeah so it's it is a big portion of scripture. That's and why it's so overwhelming. Yeah, it's overwhelming, but it also should kind of spur us on to want to understand. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like with this this yep. portion of scripture, it's easy to be like, "Well, it's not the patriarchs, or it's not you know." Moses, but it's also not Jesus and New Testament. So maybe it's not as important. And so I think that's why a, a lot of us, myself included, mm-hmm. are not like, I'm going to wake up and read the prophets today. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, one is that it's really confusing. A lot of the books mm-hmm. are, are confusing without yeah. knowing context. And so there's multiple reasons, but I think it's, it, this should push us to mm-hmm. see this is important and this does matter. And that we should spend time in these books and hopefully we're giving you a little bit of tools, but also a little bit of push to, mm-hmm. to, to try and read some of this stuff. If you want a little bit encouragement, realizing that you're not the only one that thinks this is confusing. Casey and I are obviously saying that, but also you're in really good company because one of our church fathers, Martin Luther says that, um, the prophet, this is what he says about the books of prophets. He says, the prophets have an odd way of talking like people who, instead of proceeding in an orderly manner, ramble off from one thing to the next so that you can't make head or tail of them or see what they're getting at.
1: I'm like, (laughs) Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, okay. So. If Martin Luther couldn't understand it, then how are we supposed to? Yeah. I mean... And you think about the prophets. So in the Sproul book that I was reading, he talked about this. Like they were kind of, um, they had to be a little bit lonely and kind Mm. of somewhat of outcast. Because during this time, it wasn't like, especially, I mean, just kind of depending on the time period. But it wasn't like a ton of people were following the Lord, right? Mm -hmm, Like people mm -hmm. were, that's the whole reason prophets were there. And so they they were kind of on their own. And I, the way he said, um, to think of how prophets are talking is like when you look at, a, at one of your kids and you say, look at me when I'm talking to you, yeah, you know, yeah. you're trying to get their attention. Mm. um, That's basically what they were saying. And Sproul said, or better yet, they're saying, look into the face of God because he's talking to you. Mm. And so all these people are turning to their own ways. They're turning to idols. And these prophets are saying, hello, God's trying to talk to you. Hello, Mm. like, listen to what I'm saying. And so... They, they were probably considered kind of, like, a weirdo, you know? Like, I think of, <laughs> oh and, yeah, and oh, Sproul yeah. even talked about that, like, you think about the people, like, on the corner, you know, yelling, like, repent, mm-hmm. repent, mm-hmm. or we see that, like, when John the Baptist first comes on scene, he's like, repent, repent. That's kind of what these people were doing, mm-hmm. and people were probably just kind of like, what is wrong with him, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, I think that, yes, we think that they're kind of, like, strange and, like, rambling and stuff, and the people at that time probably thought, Thought a very similar thing, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, but it is in the Bible for a reason. And God, they, he, they were the tool that God was using yeah. to get his word out and to make people repent and make people turn to him. Mm-hmm. Um, And so if you know, like the context, like we were talking about, like you understand like where Jonah was, what was going on in Nineveh at the time, why he didn't want to go there. There was like 600,000 mm-hmm. people there that were like going to turn against him. He was scared. You know, that's why he ran the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. Like to know the content. I mean, the context of these things is so helpful to understand like their purpose and what they were trying to say. And also to apply to our, our life today, which we're going to talk about here in a minute.
0: Yeah. And I think similarly to, to the judges, and I think we even talked about this in, in some of the other episodes, but in part of God's promise was, if they repent and turn back to me, I will be faithful to them and I will forgive them and I will continue. Mm -hmm. And and so the prophets are like, Hey, remember God promised. Mm -hmm. So you need to repent. And, Mm -hmm. and I think this is, I think another reason that we struggle with the prophets sometimes is we're not as bold. And so maybe we feel Mm -hmm. like as we read these things, God's going to ask us to be bold and to tell people like, Hey, God loves you, but you need to repent. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we're just like kind of scared that we're going to have to not be prophets, but you know what I'm saying? Like model that
1: too. Oh yeah. I mean, you read stories like Daniel and Mm -hmm. it's like, he went against the king knowing mm-hmm. he was going to be thrown into a lion's den. Yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew that this was going to happen, and they just trusted that the Lord mm-hmm. would take care of them. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. I think there there's a little twinge of guilt. But then I'm going to go back to Jonah. Then we read stories like yeah. Jonah, and he runs. Right. Like he hightails at the opposite direction and the Lord gets a hold of him. So I don't know, maybe we're afraid we'll be swallowed by a whale or something. (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) but that helps us to remember, okay, these are people Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. they were fearful too. Um, so yeah, there, there's just, there's some good stuff in the prophets and I've just really enjoyed like diving in Mm and, um, I, I want to go back and study even yeah. more understanding like the context of Nehemiah, mm-hmm. which leads me to we talked about how there were um, northern prophets, southern prophets. but then eventually, um the kingdom of Babylon is overtaken by. Persia, mm-hmm. And the Persians allow the Jews to return mm-hmm. to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. And mm-hmm. so during this time period, there's post-exilic prophets that come in, like Ezra mm-hmm. and Nehemiah. And um, they're, again, the same. It's the same um, purpose. They have mm-hmm. the same purpose as the other prophets to, you know, remind them, look to God, look to God, look mm-hmm. to God. But they're just in a little different context. So, like, Nehemiah is building the wall around mm-hmm the new temple that they've rebuilt. And so, um, again, it's just been so cool to like actually put these Mm -hmm. things together Mm -hmm. and, and to really kind of understand it. Um, so what about, Esther. Like we read the story of Esther, right? And Mm -hmm. Esther, I've always found interesting because God's name is not even Mm -hmm. mentioned Mm -hmm. in the book of Esther. And it's like, why is Esther in the Bible? Esther takes place um, during this time that I just mentioned, like during the the reign of Persia. And um, she is a a Jew and she ends up becoming queen. If you haven't read the book, read the book. Mm -hmm. Like it's one of my favorites, Mm -hmm. but she ends up becoming queen. And this, um, this book is to just remind us of God's providence and his care for his people, Mm -hmm. the Jewish people, because, because of her and because of her boldness, um, the Jewish people are saved. I Mm -hmm. mean, because of God's providence, but he uses her her through her. Um, so that's kind of the context of where, where Esther takes place, and yeah. why? Why she's I think in Bible. all of these, but particularly Esther, is a really
0: good reminder for us, like that, that God invites us in to be a part of His story, right? Right, because right. He could have used anyone; He could have, you know had a different mode to save Israel or his people, like, but he chose Esther and Mm -hmm. and it says in there, right? Like the most quoted verse from there is like, it's chosen for a time such as this or something like this. this. Yes. And so I just think as we read these stories, we look first to God and his character and his Mm. providence and how he's advancing his redemptive history. But then we can also look and say like, well, then what does that mean for me? That means that I get to be a part of a story. Mm. I'm not the main character. I'm not supposed to be the main character. I need to not make myself the main Mm -hmm. character, but I get to be invited into this beautiful story that he's doing and no, there's not gonna be another Bible and we're not gonna be Esther and that's not the point. Mm -hmm. But the point is that like God, we look to Esther and we look to Jonah and we look to Daniel and we see that God cares about the heart, right? Like he tells us with David and that he cares to invite us into the work that he's doing, right? We've said this before, he could have just snapped his fingers and said, you're all forgiven, Mm -hmm. here's Jesus, he died, mm-hmm. you know, but instead he's, he works out this sometimes feels slow to us, but in his perfect timing, he works out this mm-hmm. beautiful story using broken people and to advance his Mm -hmm. plan. Mm -hmm. And that we get to be a part of that. We're not in this, you know, Kings and prophets time. We weren't born Mm -hmm. for such a time as that, but we're born as for such a time as this. And that Mm -hmm. should just remind us. And that should get us excited when we wake up in the morning, whether you're feeling like your life is so mundane and you're doing the same thing over and over again. And you might feel like, I don't know if this has any kingdom impact, or you might feel like, I don't know if God's using me or even wants to use me because I'm so broken. Like these are the, 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 reasons that this matters. And this is the reason why it matters to know these stories in context, Mm -hmm. because it can remind us that everything that we can do can serve the kingdom and can advance his story. Mm -hmm. If we're just willing to wake up in the morning and instead of say, here's my plan, Lord, come along. Instead say, Lord, your story is beautiful. And I get to be a part of it. Like help me to see that Mm -hmm. as I send my kids off to school, help me to see that as I go to work in the morning, help me to see that as I have coffee with a friend, like it's just a a reshifting of our mind. And the story of scripture allows us to do that because Mm -hmm. we
1: see this is one story and it's still going. That's funny because that's, That's exactly one of the things that I took away from this part of Scripture too is Mm -hmm. that, you know, the whole Esther thing, we were made for such a time as this because Mm -hmm. sometimes I get wrapped up in, Lord, why am I living in 2020 and 21? (laughs) Like, couldn't I have lived in the 90s? Like, the (laughs) 90s were golden. Like, take me back to the 90s, you know? And I've been reminded over and over, Casey, I put you right here right Mm -hmm. now. I put your kids right here right Mm -hmm. now because I worry so much about Mm -hmm. my babies. And, And God has just reminded me, like, they're alive right now because mm-hmm. I ordained that yeah. just like I ordained. And I, I was I was thinking about this, too. I'm like, God, like, why didn't I live during the time of the kings or why didn't mm-hmm. I? You know, like I think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and he's just like, because that wasn't my plan. Yeah. You know, my plan is for right now. And we're studying Elizabeth Elliott um, Cadence and I are. Oh, She's fine. doing a research project on her. And if you haven't gotten the book, it's new. I didn't even know it was new. It's called Becoming Elizabeth Mm -hmm. Elliot. It's Mm -hmm. so good. We're reading it together. Um, But just she did that every day. Like she woke up Mm -hmm. and just surrendered her life Mm -hmm. to the Lord and was like, Lord, use me for for your good. Mm -hmm. And it's just so inspiring. And it's just such a, good reminder because we get wrapped up in all this external stuff and no, we're, he- we're here for God mm-hmm. and we're here for his purpose and his purpose alone. Right. So chief end of man is to enjoy God and glorify him. Yes. Right? Miss catechism. <laughs> 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 okay. So what are some of the promises that we see in this portion of scripture? We've already talked about a few mm-hmm. back in the, the Kings, but yeah. what about this one?
0: So as far for prophets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the prophets are, the whole thing is a promise, right? Mm -hmm. Like the whole thing is them calling out and saying, remember God's promises. He is going to send a Messiah. He is going to send someone who is going to be a true and better king, a true and better Moses, a true and better prophet, even he's going to send a redeemer. So I think it's, it's recalling a lot of promises that we've Mm -hmm. already read. Yeah, I agree.
1: I think, um, Yeah, exactly. Recalling the promise that God will be with us, like Mm -hmm. whether he was with Daniel in the lion's den, Jonah in the whale, um, Nehemiah, you know, as he's approaching the king Mm -hmm. um, to go to Jerusalem. I mean, we see that God was with his people. Yeah. Um, We also see this, like, this pursuit of God. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want to read about that, like, read Hosea. Mm -hmm. Like, this God pursues his people. And over and over again, no matter how many times, like, we fail, like... God loves us and he Mm -hmm. pursues us and he wants to draw us back to him. And that has just always, like we've talked about before, God could just be like, forget you, you Mm -hmm, know, like, mm -hmm. but he doesn't, um, we're important to him. And, and, um, I don't want to sound like me centric or whatever by saying that, but I think that that is something we see Mm -hmm. a lot is that God pursues his people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as we are wrapping up this portion of scripture, any more like application pieces or anything you Want to leave us with? Um, I think just, like
0: we said, I feel like we spend a lot of time saying how confusing the prophets are, and so I hope we didn't just, like, make (laughs) you you not want to read them. (laughs) But I will, I think, um, so... The Bible project, they kind of, they said when you're reading these, there's three things that you're going to see every time. So maybe that'll be helpful if you're reading it and you're like, I don't understand what this means. It it will probably fit in one of three categories. And I kind of said that at the beginning of this section, but I'm going to say it in another way, just because it might be helpful. But they said, um, there's, there's accusations or judgments usually at the beginning. And then there's a call to repentance. And then there's announcements, um, of the coming day of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So hope. So it's kind of like judgment and hope. You'll Mm -hmm. see those two things. Sometimes, like they said, they're not always in order. They're kind of mixed throughout, but you'll, you'll always see some type of judgment being proclaimed, a call to repentance and an announcement of hope Mm -hmm. because the Mm -hmm. Lord is coming. And so I guess just application from that is we can kind of, we should kind of filter everything we read through that, but also just kind of our life through that. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, where Lord do I need to repent? Yeah. Where am I, you know, not walking in the ways that I should, but then not dwell in that, just be
1: filled with hope from that. That's so crazy. Cause just yesterday I was meeting with a friend for lunch and Aaron actually saw me there <laughs> and she was telling me she started, she calls it her sin journal, mm-hmm. but it's basically like a journal, like of repentance. confessions mm-hmm. and repentance. Um, and she said that she's writing down like her struggles and where you see in scripture that that's wrong, Uh but then where the hope is like, what, what happens like when you do obey and it's Mm -hmm. not like we should obey just for the sake of God says so. Right. 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 But it is, it is good to see that hope Mm -hmm. and to see like, um, that our sin and this is what she said. She said, you know, so many times we sin because it feels good and we feel like that's, that's, um, what's going to be best for us. So mm-hmm. it's good to look in scripture at how that's not what's best for us. Mm-hmm. And if we, if we do what God says, this is what's best mm-hmm. for us. So I think that's that hope that you're yeah. talking about. That's yeah. exactly kind of, and that's what the prophets are pointing us yeah. to. So that's really cool. Yeah. Aubrey, you didn't know <laughs> that you were using the same thing yeah. the prophets used. Well, and even <laughs>
0: to get even like more practical than that, if you want a resource, I dug this thing up that I got when I had the girls, when the girls were younger, but it's called why wise words for moms. Oh yeah. It's like I a, remember a little pamphlet yes. you can get it on Amazon for like $4, mm-hmm. but it's exactly what you're saying. It says like, so if whatever the behavior is hitting or whatever, and mm-hmm. then it has like a Bible verse where it says that's wrong. And then a Bible verse that says like, it's like put off this and put and on, then put on exactly. this. yeah And yeah. yeah so Good. that's just a practical little resource, Good. but I'm going to read this little quote from, um, God's big picture just to end this episode. Cause I feel like it, it kind of ties it up together nicely. So it's talking about the end of the kingdom and the prophets and how it points to Jesus. And, and it even goes back to, um, slavery in the Egyptians. So it says, yes, it was great for the Israelites to be rescued from slavery to the Egyptians, but that rescue is just a pale shadow of the perfect redemption achieved by Jesus on the cross. Yes, it was wonderful for the Israelites to have God's presence in the midst of the tabernacle and the temple, but those structures are just shadows of the one in whom the presence of God was perfectly manifest. The word became flesh and his dwelling among us. And yes, David and Solomon were great kings, but Jesus is far greater. God may have a. Oh, I don't want to read the rest of that part. Okay, save that for next week. Okay, but I think <laughs> that points us to what we're going to pick up um, after the wisdom literature yeah. when we come back um, in two weeks. We'll get to talk about God dwelling with us. As great as the Lord. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review
1: on iTunes and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cox.